to the wind, to the wind of my soul. Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with San Diego-based singer and songwriter Allison Adams-Tucker on the 2023 Retro Trilogy. On each EP, she zeroes in on three decades of her evolved freedom of musical expression, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, from Cat Stevens to Paul Simon, from Tears for Fears to Prince, from Beck to Elizabeth Frazier with Massive Attack. We get into this new material, surviving COVID, live shows, the future, and so much more. Enjoy this interview. It's been a while since we've spoken, and it's always kind of weird for me in a, in a kind of a good and, and, and just a strange way to talk to musicians in light of what we went through with this pandemic, especially with the way that it just kind of took the snow globe and shook it up real hard for the jazz community. And, exactly. Yeah, and, and I'm curious, as we kind of embark on talking about this brand new album, you know, here in March, I think everybody looking at the calendar is having probably PTSD because it happened in 2020. <laughs> so... How did you survive that time period, and how has it changed the way that you conduct things now that we're emerging and the world's waking up? I have spoken on this topic with so many people, as we all have, and then also during the time uh, as I was finding uh, new ways to uh, get my music out and to connect with the community and create art, also talking about this very topic. And I found that there are, while there are a lot of similarities uh, in the way that musicians, uh, and to be specific in the jazz genre, and the jazz community, the way that jazz uh, musicians stayed connected to their art, to their expression, to their skills, and to their audience, uh, there were some similarities, but um, surprisingly a lot of differences in the way that we approached it. I uh, took... Uh, the opportunity to sit back off of the heavy pressure of keeping up uh, a tour calendar and all of the many hats that uh, I wear and that, that one wears as an independent artist uh, and, you know, with marketing and promo and um, and I sat back and was quiet for a while and it was very uncomfortable in the beginning. <laughs> and then I uh, started writing down things that I've always wanted to do but have never taken the time to do. And uh, one of the first things was to start composing a lot more because I, that had taken a back seat to keeping up with the rat race. And uh, I didn't know how to navigate making that happen. And And then the second bullet point, which kind of – helped me get the first point along was I'd always wanted to learn to play the ukulele. And uh, I started on piano at age four, and I played violin from elementary through junior high in the orchestra, dabbled in some other flute, and I dabbled in some other instruments. But I had never really... uh, played around with guitar or or any string instrument that that you play chords on and uh going to Hawaii regularly on tour and having just a, a really wonderful experience with my Hawaii jazz community uh I fell in love with the sound of the ukulele and uh had a couple of really great friends who are a jazz improv- um 
jazz improvisational uh, ukulele players, uh, specifically Abe Lagrinos Jr., who was based in L.A. but originally from Oahu. Just He's played with me so many times and really shines on that instrument and has been a great source of inspiration. So I decided, buying an ukulele, I'm going to dive in. And that opened up um, my passion for composing again. Uh, I obviously was teaching a lot more during lockdown, during those initial few months. And as a result now, I'm teaching a lot more than I ever have, teaching voice, uh, teaching music industry, music theory, and now I'm teaching ukulele. <laughs> and um, for my young students, uh, really started inspiring them to write music. So we were doing lots of songwriting sessions together. Um, and the the simplicity of those four strings, just being able to create a simple four-note chord and not uh, complicating my mind with multiple voicings and, and uh, you know, all that I could do with ten fingers on a piano, somehow uh, stripped it away and really inspired me to write, start writing music again. And uh, that led me to, uh, you know, how we were all doing spring cleaning projects and home renovation projects during lockdown. Uh, I had a storage shed next to the house filled with things we don't use, and I decided to clean out half of it and create a, a home recording studio, and uh, that's where I'm talking to you from right now, and it has been my haven, my retreat, uh, and I brought my students in once they would finish a song, and we would record with them, and I've been recording my own, uh, so I would say uh, that plus Sneaking back into the performance realm with live streaming. And uh, so uh, the, the pandemic period, the first three quarters of the pandemic period were spent doing lots of really techie, techie um, um, uh, learning curve <laughs> uh, activities and buying a lot of uh, equipment to make live streaming happening. And I came up with a series called Garden Stream, uh, which I did on Sundays in various garden spots around San Diego County, where I'm based. And, uh, for example, Balboa Park, uh, in front of the, the um, Japanese um, Friendship Garden. Um, and I would just do, uh, or you know, nearby parks, or my backyard, or, or, or house parties in gardens and uh, carried on with local jazz musicians um, performing various uh, themes uh, on Sundays. And I added uh, one Sunday a month alley-ook you know, to force myself to play, humbly play my ukulele and accompany myself um, once a month, trying my hand at, you know, every... A different groove in the jazz genre and outside of it. So it's, it was a great time of going back to the basics and rekindling some of my early um, passions. And as a result, I've kind of uh, resituated my priorities and uh, was able to build steam, build fuel to do this monumental 
four-part, it's a three-part, but it's true, truly a four-release um, album project, Retro Trilogy, um, which I really needed that respite to be able to pull this off um, as an independent artist. And here we are today. So it has to feel good after all that being said to be able to be in a position where you're releasing music, chances for live shows, things are opening up. It has to feel good, I would imagine. It absolutely feels good. At the same time, um, it's so wonderful to reconnect with everyone in person. Um, but during the lockdown, uh, the 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 avenues of booking, uh, the ways of releasing, you know, everything went very digital, and all of the the personnel changed. Uh, venues closed down, new venues popped up, and there's there was like a whole new um, community of programmers, presenters, booking agencies. Uh, so it's really been like um, almost starting over in many ways. Uh, if, when it comes to the booking aspect, to the performance aspect, and finding the new venues that are now existing in my local area. And now I'm embarking on booking touring again, and some of those things are still in place, but there's a, it's, it's a new frontier. So the first one in this trilogy, so to speak, is 1977, then 88, 99, Kind of break down a little bit artistically what you're trying to do here. When I was um, in the, the thinking process of a new project uh, back in 2018, I went back to New York in January for the usual, the annual festivities with Jazz Congress and APAP, which is when where all performing artists and presenters from around the world to congregate and showcase and, and exchange thoughts and book the upcoming year. Um, I spoke with the producer of my third album, Wanderlust, Matt Pearson, um, at great length about concepts for a new idea. And he came up with, I told him that I wanted to uh, step, uh, step outside of the usual uh, international uh, singing in you know the six languages uh, format and do a retrospective of the music of my childhood, my pre-adolescence, and then my early adolescence. And uh, he came up with the rollout concept of doing uh, the three EPs. Uh, I was. Uh, very young child in the 70s, and so the 70s represents the music of my parents, uh, both musicians, and then as, an, as the oldest child, you know, my influences were those of my parents, uh, what the music that was being played in the house rather than a, a big sister or brother. And uh, so Cat, Cat Stevens and, and Paul Simon and... Um, early David Bowie, Queen... Uh, those were, were my influences. And then into the 80s, I was in high school and college, and I was getting involved musically um, as a performance artist early years, and I kind of went into the new wave punk, not kind of, fully went into the new wave punk 
community and uh, went to a lot of shows. I was living in the Midwest in college and, and was going to in all over the Midwest and the East Coast for shows and um, and doing my own with a band and playing little clubs around the Midwest. And then in the 90s, I shifted out of that kind of tumultuous, uh, extreme decade, is the way I kind of think of it in terms of my lifestyle at that time. And I was trying to find moderation. I was uh, growing out my bleach blonde hair, and uh, I, w I became vegetarian, and I, I, I started becoming a lot more uh, aware of my environment and my community and trying to find balance for the long haul. And so I wanted to choose six artists from each decade uh, that represented my influences. So that was the first step. And then of those six artists, then I finding a song that would represent uh, that decade for me and still and have um, all the components of a strong uh, structure uh, melodically and quarterly that we could do something in, interesting and unique in a jazz language. That was probably the, the, the greatest difficulty in choosing the songs. But um, coming up with the song list, uh, I realized how uh, culturally uh, specific each of those decades were and where I fell into like a generational kind of personality, if you will, you know, the Gen Xers and Gen Y, Gen Z, Millennials. Uh, so I, I got into researching about the generational cycles and um, seeing the similarities between generations and how they shift from one to the next and tried to put that into my music. And then I ended up going back to New York the following January and laying down the tracks with uh, an amazing band that um, Matt Pearson put together. So, Allison, if anyone out there wants to pick up the first of the trilogy and, and to learn anything about live shows, I think that's the main thing right now is really supporting the artists, getting everybody up and going and celebrating this music that we miss for so long. Where is the best place for them to go, not only for this album, but for the subsequent ones. Yes, and just so you know, both 1977 and 1988 are now out, and 1999 comes out next Friday, March 10th. So if everyone is going to all of the streaming platforms, uh, you can f look for Allison Adams Tucker, and you will see the first two EPs available there. Of course, my website ha is a hub for everything from shows to reviews to where to get the music digitally and how to get the uh, the CD, which I have in my hands right now and is available for pre-order. Um, the CD is releasing April 14th. And my website is my full name, allisonadamstucker.com, and that's Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, Adams with an S at the end, tucker.com. And I mentioned the S at the end. Interestingly, uh, whenever I tour in Italy and uh, a couple other countries, they drop the S for some reason. That Allison Adam Tucker seems to be the easiest way to say my name. <laughs>
that's weird, you know, especially with the, the beginning of this conversation talking about our names and all of that. It happens for Kansas City, too. It's always Kansas. Everybody always just says, how's Kansas today? And oh, weird. Actually, yeah, it's Kansas City, Missouri. But everybody, like, I have relatives in New York that used to say that for years. Yo, Joey, how's Kansas? It's like... It's fine. Yeah, I'm mean, not in Kansas, yeah. first of all. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, sorry, Dorothy, we're, 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 we're somewhere else. But at any rate, uh, I really appreciate you talking about the new project. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you very much. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate your time, and I hope you're doing well in your own musical ambitions as well. Thanks for listening and tuning in, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest singers and songwriters in San Diego, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Allison for her time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz archived interviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Neon Jazz.